while we are different from other species. Humanly speaking, there are certain things that we are going to do. Now, while people are different, they express personalities, and sometimes you won't do the same thing all the time. There are some people, like uh, if you think about in England and others, who like routine and will do the same thing all the time. Others of you are like spontaneous and, and different. But humanly speaking, there's characteristics, there's personality. You understand, and sometimes maybe while you don't understand yourself, someone who's been around you, oh yeah, this is what they'll pick. This is how they are. Humans know themselves. We know ourselves. We know our weaknesses. We know our strengths. And God, as the text says, God knows God, and who can know um, the difference? Um, I'll give you one more illustration and then I'll be done with the illustrations. But if you think about in the, I think it was the 80s, Bo Jackson. How many remember Bo Jackson? All right, ladies are like, who's Bo Jackson? Bo Jackson played two sports. He played football and he played baseball. And he had these Nike commercials that were like, Bo knows. Bo knows everything. And so uh, at this time, here, I got a little video that I, that I have for you about Bo Jackson. Okay, you can stop it there. The whole point... The whole point in that was Bo knows, um, and Bo knows baseball, Bo knows football, Bo knows all the sports. He knows himself. It's like, oh, if I could play them, I think, you know, he'd, be, he'd, he'd do that. He was one of the few who, like Deion Sanders, were able to play two sports, and he was good at both of them. It just wasn't playing him. He was really an incredible athlete, the human mind, and so the limitations. But while Bo may know different sports, Bo doesn't know anything about the Spirit of God, and that's as we understand in the text, it talks about the Spirit of God. Let me read it again. It says, even so, no one knows the, the things of God except the Spirit of God. And so, as we continue on, only the Holy Spirit can know God. On our own, naturally, humanly speaking, while we search after things, we don't know God. We can look at and uh, search through, but a person you know, we can't find it on our own, and we can't know about God. It says that only the Holy Spirit can know God. Probably um, a mother knows their child best, better than the father, um, and better than other people because spent so much time in that. And so as we look at knowledge and understanding, it says in verse 11, only the Holy Spirit can know God. See, God is omniscient. The Holy Spirit represents God to humanity and represents humanity to God as we think about it. We use the term intercessor. But the Holy Spirit has been involved in God's plan since creation. Knows who God is. Knows his plan. His perfect plan. The Holy Spirit was involved in Jesus coming to earth to die on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. The Holy Spirit ministered to Jesus while he was on earth. And what happens is the Holy Spirit was active in the inspiration of Scripture. We know that that was the work and to be able to allow without error the manuscripts to be written perfectly. And the truth without error and probably not completely understanding. Think about Moses and some of the Old Testament writers. As they were writing what God intended them, they probably didn't understand all of the ramifications of what they were writing about in the future. And here we, 2000, after, 2000 years after after Jesus, and even more because in the Old Testament, we have the complete canon. And so we can look at the overview, and here you have writers who probably didn't understand everything as it comes together, and we can read it as a whole and see theologically, wow, these concepts. Uh, last year in the um, 
uh, third quarter, we, we went through the book of Haggai. I know a lot of people don't read Haggai for light reading, but as we think about Haggai, in Haggai verse 2, 5, it says, According to the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. If you remember those individuals who had come back from uh, being in captivity, backed and they were discouraged, and they had not built the house of the Lord. They had not built the temple. And so Haggai encourages them and says, hey, you need to get going. Build this. And, and they were fearful of their enemies, fearful of others, and the Holy Spirit says, I will remain in you. Do not fear. And as we look at that, probably he had no concept of understanding that soon in the New Testament, the indwelling work of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life. And so as we, as we understand, only the Holy Spirit can know God. Also, only true believers have the Holy Spirit. Only true believers have the Holy Spirit. And I want to just clarify that as true believers or Christians. You know, a lot of people use the term Christian. You can believe in God. You can even believe in Jesus. But to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ means that you have the indwelling Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the one who searches the depths of God. The Holy Spirit reveals the mind of God to believers. It says in Romans 1.20, as it talks about the natural man, the invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things which are made, even the eternal power and Godhead, uh, divine nature, so that men and women are without excuse. See, people can look out and we can see flowers, we can see design all over. And as we look at the earth, the details, the human body, the eye, the hand, they've always talked about even the, the simple hand. We have flexor tendons and extensor tendons, and it's amazing, the hand, how it works, the details. But as we look at the complexity of our lives, and the eye is another example, a marvel. People say, well, it's just, you know, evolution. It just occurred. And to think about a designer, one who is able to understand the complexity of life and people will not naturally come to God and they don't have the Holy Spirit so they're also not going to be able to understand who God is and that's why unbelievers often act like unbelievers because they don't know God and the Holy Spirit at the moment a person places their faith and trust in Jesus Christ they receive the Holy Spirit. And it's like their eyes have been opened, or there's an understanding. First of all, we think about the conviction work of the Holy Spirit helps us to recognize that we're sinful. That's what's so incredible is the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. First of all, to, we are, are dead to sin alive in Christ. Now we have eternal life. And so there is a different destiny, different future that we have in Jesus Christ because of the Holy Spirit, that regeneration we call it. And the Holy Spirit the personal work of the Holy Spirit. Some people say, oh, it's like a whisper or the talk. But while we don't always hear an audible voice, it's just not how the Holy Spirit works because if we kept on hearing voices in our head, we'd be wondering what's going on. And I don't think the Holy Spirit needs to work that way, but there might be sometimes as we talk about still small voice. I don't know. But that's not the natural way that would work now. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit worked differently, communicated to people. You know, the voice of God coming from the burning bush you know, first of all, you see a bush that is burning and not being destroyed. We're like, bonfire, right? Guys love fire. You know, go, look, something's burning. You know, we, 
or anybody. You look at fire, but it's not being consumed. And then a voice comes out of it and communicates. And as we think about the work of the Holy Spirit in our own lives in the New Testament, it says, see, the, uh, the spirit of the world refers to mankind's wisdom of the world. Back in 2.6, the wisdom of this age. They don't understand God, and it has deceived them, and people live selfishly for their own pleasures and desires. See, they do not know God because they don't know the Son, and therefore, conclusively, they won't know the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit reveals himself through us. As we read the word of God, illuminates, helps us to understand what the word of God says, helps us to understand who God is and the fact that we have an assurance, that sealing of the Holy Spirit, true peace, peace of knowing. And some people think, oh, is it a feeling? But it's a peace, a confidence, not in our own selves, but that the work of salvation lies in one who can hold and keep you until he returns or until we are called home. See, that's what a confidence, a sure hope. It is not in an object of ourselves, but it is the object, the person working Jesus Christ. But if we just say, if someone were to say to you, okay, just trust me, what are some things that you would have to take into consideration if you're going to trust someone? Okay, you can respond back. What are some considerations for you to trust someone? How well do you know them? All right, it could be anyone. Hey, you know what? Buy this, buy this beachfront property in uh, Montana, you know? What else? You have to know them. What else? Okay, past record. Are they trustworthy? You know, hey, you know, maybe you went to school and there was always someone who was borrowing money or mooching food off you. Don't worry. I'll pay you tomorrow or I'll pay you on Tuesday. What was the guy's name? Wimpy from Popeye. I'll gladly pay you what? For a hamburger on Tuesday, right? What else? Anything else? Some considerations? To be trustworthy? You know, you have kind of a relationship, you have a record. Okay, sometimes it's good to know, okay, guess what? Maybe they've been good to you, but they've been horrible to everyone else. Would you want to lend money or would you consider their trustworthiness if they haven't been trustworthy to anyone else, just you? Oh, that's special. You know, sometimes their um, character is important to us. So as we understand that, the Holy Spirit, our faith is an object worthy of our trust in Christ. And the Holy Spirit helps reveal through the Word of God, through an understanding as we go through life and understanding that Christ is trustworthy, that God is trustworthy. And it's not in our own um, faith, because I'll be honest, we have very weak faith. You know, how many of you, let me ask you this. Have you ever eaten at a restaurant and never gone back because they've served you bad food? You know, or a place? Bad business. They treat me wrong. I'm never going back. You know, we don't know what could have happened, but oftentimes we don't go back. You know, I don't want to get that again. You know, Montezuma's Revenge or whatever you want to call it. But we often lose faith very quickly. And we're hard on that, you know. And, and humanly speaking, we're more critical than we are trustworthy, encouraging. Think about, you know, someone can do something right a hundred times. And the hundred and one time they mess up, we're right there. Hey, you messed up. And we're going to show them. But the Holy Spirit works to affirm, to help us to rely on and to consider. Think about how untrustworthy we are. If we didn't have that, we'd be doubting ourselves. We doubt ourselves all the time. We doubt God. But the Holy Spirit helps us understand true believers. This is what the Word of God says. Reinforces us. Helps us to understand our faith. And that our faith is not in ourselves, but in Jesus Christ. In God. 
And it is important because even psychology states that there are three levels of knowing a person. You know, one, two, three, okay, you know, there's acquaintance, and then we know them pretty well, and then more of an intimacy level. But it says, it's like, uh, science st- shows that it takes time to get to know someone. 40 to 60 hours to form a casual relationship. 40 to 60 hours. I mean, no one spends that time anymore, you know, just, you know, texting or, you know, chatting. You know, oh, I think I know the person. And then they wonder why they, they really don't know the person. Because they haven't had that dynamic of interacting and talking. Or how about um, 80 to 100 hours to become a good friend? And some of that is in classrooms. If you think about those closest to you, maybe it's in classrooms we consider that. But then 200 plus hours to become a good friend. At the moment of salvation, a believer gains the indwelling Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us to begin a transformational journey to know God and to live for Him. Not only to have purpose, hey, guess what, now we know where we're going, but also to have help along the way. It's one thing to send us on our journey. Okay, you're going there. Have fun. Pilgrim's Progress. Okay, guess what? By the way, you're going to face some challenges and difficulties along the way. The Bible says when you come to Christ, you will face trials and challenges. It doesn't say, hey, you're going to get all the things you want. There are those who say, come to Christ and you'll get blessings, you'll get money, you'll get wealth, you'll get everything you want. That's the wrong message because it's not true. But the Holy Spirit helps us to understand that journey and to encourage us and to help us along the way. And that's why personal devotions are such a vital aspect, vital, essential part of the believer's life. Because as we read the Word of God, we learn about God. And they're just not simply a textbook. The words are living and vibrant. They cross cultures, they cross generations, they cross time. And to think about it, a thousand years ago, people read these words and it affected them. If the Lord should tarry a thousand years later, it would still be affecting people because of the living, breathing words, but the Holy Spirit who, in, who wrote them and allows us to understand them, convicts our hearts, challenges us, helps us to know, guess what, you're sinning, oh wow, you know. We feel that, we understand that. There is a personal work, and so the Holy Spirit is a person, and the Holy Spirit is only in believers' life. That's why when people, there can be very intelligent people read the Bible, but they don't understand it. Oftentimes we take the Bible, read it, let's see, you know, the beginning to the end. If you've ever read the Bible, Genesis through, it's not chronological, and you wonder, why is it this way? I don't understand. But it is organized that way. But I would challenge you, read through First of all, find a, a version that you can understand, good, not a paraphrase. And then even chronologically, you can read through it, but to take time, and sometimes you have to read it more than once. You know, we read it like, oh, I'm done. But think about it. Take a, a book. And that's why we want to provide resources to you so that you can learn and help and understand Bible study. It is a relationship. It takes time to get to know who God is, but it can be a vibrant time. Does it take discipline to get to know someone? Sometimes, yes. Think about this. How, how busy are your lives? Okay, we set a time. Okay, guess what? We'll meet at this time. Oh, things come up. We get busy. You know, relationships take time. And it's the same thing. But only true believers have the Holy Spirit. And guess what? The Holy Spirit can help us know God. Only true believers also can receive good gifts from God. In verse 12, it says, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. 
That's reinforced back in verse 9. I did. So if you want to switch it to the other mic, you can. I won't bore you with the theological details. But the presence of the Holy Spirit means that you have God with you. Just like Emmanuel means God with us. We have the Holy Spirit with us. And the Holy Spirit gives life, convicts, seals, illuminates. And without the Holy Spirit, we would not know the presence or the personal uh, nature of God. We would not know about God. We would not know God. It would just be a very cold, lifeless relationship. If we were to think of a historical figure. How many know who Abraham Lincoln is? Okay, Abraham Lincoln, he's a historical figure. What do we know about Abraham Lincoln? Okay, he was shot, he had a short wife. Um, we know that maybe uh, someone told him, hey, you know, you should grow a beard, it'll make you look better. You know, there's details about him. But we don't know much about him, what we read. There's a lot of his records. But the Holy Spirit helps us to understand who God is. And these gifts, as it talks about, is you have the gifts of the Spirit. Did you know that there are fruits of the Spirit? Galatians 5, fruits of the Spirit. Now, maybe you don't like fruit, but understanding it, it means that there is a, a, a natural result of having the Holy Spirit in your life. Love. Do you believe in love? Joy. Peace. You know, temperance. We look at meekness. We just look at these and think, oh, they're just terms. But these are real, uh, tangible, personal characteristics that we can exhibit. And it should come from one who is living that is filled by the Spirit. And when we say filled, it means controlled. Not like, oh, you know, we need more of the Spirit in us. You know, let's fill it up. Oh, I'm running low. You know, obviously you've seen gas prices and it's like, okay, I guess it'll go to quick. It's not like that. The Holy Spirit isn't like, oh, i got to fill my tank. The Holy Spirit is always with us. But it's kind of like um, having someone else drive. Or maybe, have any of you been in, in one of the autonomous vehicles? You know, or if you had an autonomous vehicle, sometimes you're like, oh, do I trust the autonomous vehicle? You know, let it drive. It's like, okay, we're like that. Naturally, we, we want to drive or we, we want to take control. Look, there's a curb up there. You know, or someone else who drives you, you're not, you know, you're not too sure about. And that's how we are with the Holy Spirit. That's why, if you haven't been here before, you wonder, why are there cockpits, um, uh, uh, airline seats up on stage? It's a reminder that Jesus is our, our pilot. And sometimes we're there white-knuckled gripping the seat because, God, I don't like what's going on in my life. Buckle up. You know, guess what? God is in control. And you can trust the pilot. And the Holy Spirit reaffirms to us that, guess what? We can trust the pilot. But we don't want to. We don't want to give that control over. Things are chaotic. But all of a sudden, there is a peace, a peace that passes all understanding as we sing about. Peace, peace, wonderful peace, coming down from the Father above. And we use the vocabulary that sometimes is with supernatural. See, we want a supernatural miracle, like, boom, Lord, if you send lightning, if you do this, you know, then I'll believe you. Well, what often happens is, you know, we see those things and we're like, I don't know, do it again, you know? Okay, I didn't see it the first time. Or, you know, well, well, maybe that's not really it. And God can use work through earthly events. We call this providence. God working through earthly events to help us, to solve our problems, to encourage us. But we want something fantastic. And, and the problem is, if that occurs, we'd never believe it. 
But God works through to, on a personal nature. He understands, and he's there to help us. And it's important because these are gifts from God. These are blessings and benefits. He reveals God to us and gives us these blessings. Think about when you are discouraged. We get discouraged. Things happen. You know, God sends other people to us. And we'll say, well, that was just chance or fate. No, God, in his divine providence, the Holy Spirit, other believers. And there's times in your life where maybe you were uncertain. But God, that is the fantastic, amazing feature about God. Because God and his is so unlike us. You know, we're like, oh, you have a problem. There's some who care. Oh, you know, I appreciate nice. And some be like, oh, that's nice. My own life. We're very selfish people. But God is not too busy and knows what's going on in the dynamics of the world, complexity, because he is beyond us in his understanding, in his power, in knowing all things, in his presence. And he can be with us personally and to know what we're going through. And that should give us reassurance. But it's also humbling because we think, well, my problem isn't as big as their problem. But yet God cares about us. And he sent his Holy Spirit. And that's one of the blessings that we have as believers. Because think about trying to live your life without God. People think, oh, I'm fine. I'm happy. But you know what? They never have true peace. They never have an understanding of what the plan of God is for their life. So let's, as we continue on. The third thing we see is the Holy Spirit gives believers spiritual discernment. In verse 13 through 16, it states and says, These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. When he uses that term, spiritually discerned, um, there's some controversy about what it means. Is it judge? But um, the Greek word is interesting because it's similar to, um, it's, um, oh, I just lost the, uh, the word, but it, it um, the endocrine system, um, similar to the endocrine system, and the filtering, and, uh, and sift in the Greek, and they try to compare to that. But it goes through, it is able to discern and understand, and it keeps certain things out. And the response to that, um, it's where we get the word for endocrine, but to understand is that the Holy Spirit gives believers discernment, a contrast, even here, as we look at, if you... If you look at the word back in uh, verse 13 where it says, In words which man's, word, man's wisdom teaches, but what the Holy Spirit teaches. Do you remember in the larger context earlier, there is in chapter 1, the contrast of wisdom and foolishness. If you look back in chapter 1, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And as we go through here, where is the wise? That contrast of wise and foolish. Even verse 25, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. See, Paul has continued to attack the rhetorists or those who keep on saying, well, you need human wisdom, and you can gain it all. Think about today's scientists, today's academics. So, oh, we can solve the problem. We can fix everything. Who needs God? 
It's like the academics and God are having a, an issue. We're, you know, we don't need you anymore. We can clone. We've got AI. You know, let's have a contest. Who can make the best um, human? And, you know, they have a contest and say, okay, let's go. And um, they say, well, give us some dirt because, you know, everyone's from dust and dirt. And God says, make your own. <laughs> Guess what? There you go. You know what? They can't do that. Something cannot come from nothing. But in the supernatural act of God, he can. And believers, as we see here, believers have a Holy Spirit perspective. Comparing spiritual with spiritual. Not in words with man's wisdom interprets and discerns. Because humans can twist words. It's saying comparing spiritual with spiritual. And it's not talking about uh, spiritual words. But here, as we look at it... Um, the language can be confusing, misinterpreted, and used to deceive others. Think about how words are used to lie. You know, um, there's a lawyer and a pastor talking about, and they're talking about, well, what do you do if you misspeak or say something wrong? You know, and the lawyer says, well, I just keep going and let it pass. How about you? He goes, well, we do the same thing. You know, sometimes one time I was speaking and said, uh, Satan is a father of all lawyers, and I meant to say, a liars, but I just can't let it keep on going. <laughs> but what occurs is the words we use and the technical, you know, we, we're like, we try to help ourselves look the best, in the best light. Sometimes we could use technically the terms, did you crash, did you crash into my car? Well, technically I didn't crash into your car, it was my vehicle, you know, and so we try to not uh, use the rhetoric and intelligentsia here in the at the time of Corinth, they were ones who were trying to use words to convince and, and say, oh, well, we can, we have relation and access to spiritual things, but guess what? It's not this Holy Spirit. And so as it uses this term, spiritual versus spiritual, uh, in chapter 2, and looking at it, it says in verse 13 again, you know, Holy Spirit teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual and so the Holy Spirit enlightens us to understand that God's ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts greater than our thoughts. And while we might not understand every nuance of doctrine, how can God be three yet one? It does not mean that it's not true. And so they're saying, well, we have spiritual and, uh, you know, you're spiritual. But to understand the access to God, God is our Heavenly Father and the, and the concepts uh, we are limited in our vocabulary and in the terms we use because we're human. And never will we have full access or full understanding of God because if we did, that would make us God. And so that's what Paul is trying to express to them. There are things with outside of our reach, outside of our concept, that we can't grasp. Humanly speaking, we're trying to grasp knowledge and wisdom and understand. You know, we're always going to be wondering. Sometimes you'll be wondering weird things, you know, like uh, how many squares are in the ceiling or how many, you know, tiles. You know, we wonder, we ask a lot of different questions in our life. But when it comes to God, the big questions. God has, I believe, if we seek out what his plan is for our life. And his will for our lives is that we obey and follow him. And it's different because that spiritual understanding within ourselves, we have a desire to know about God because we wonder how we got here. What is, what is why am I here? What am I supposed to do? In God's divine providence, he has a plan for your lives. And when you understand that he has a plan and purpose that helps us understand who he is. And that our lives are not our own selfish lives to live on our own, but for him. And it's the Holy Spirit that directs our thoughts, 
He directs our actions. Maybe in your lives there's things that have been unexplainable or you've, you've known. You don't know how you've known, but you've known you should do something. The Holy Spirit working in your life. Personal. This is God who is able to communicate to us God's plan. And also believers have a different wisdom than unbelievers. And just closing in there, as we look at verses 14 through 16, talking about, as it states and says, Receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And talking about the spiritual viewpoint. See, believers have a different wisdom than unbelievers. And remember the contrast of human wisdom. These other group are comparing human wisdom. The rhetoric is just saying, well, our wisdom is better because it's the highest academic humanly that you can possible. But that brand, it does not compare to God's brand. It's kind of like generic cereal. Maybe you grew up eating generic cereals. Um, I could go back. Um, my grandmother used to have puffed wheat. Man, I did not like puffed wheat. It's like eating styrofoam. But puff wheat, but you know what? You, then you could have sugar smacks. You know, if you remember the frog cereal, and that had sugar coating on it. There's different cereals. Now, if you've ever had, it's one thing to have sugar smacks. You guys know what sugar smacks are? Some of you younger ones don't, maybe, yeah? It's different cereals. But it's one thing to eat a brand name cereal, but then get the generic brand, you know, that they sell in the big bulk bag that, you know, they also feed to horses and other animals. You know, that's what it tastes like. You know, and it, it's like, oh my goodness, you know, give me more milk. Here, I need something else with it. But the brand name, sometimes there's a reason why it's better. But the whole point is, is their, their brand of wisdom does not compare to God's knowledge. It says God's foolishness is better than the brightest scientist wisdom that they could have. And when believers have the Spirit of God in them, introduces them to wisdom and an understanding and an insight that they cannot have. Think about in... Um, even viewpoint, I was reading through the news and about the S failing of the SVB bank presented in the media as a blame game. Oh, it's past um, governments who were not keeping up with the policies and failure to enforce these policies. And then you read through it and other things and understand the truth is they, em they employed no chief risk officer for eight months last year. They spent $5 billion on woke liberal policies prioritizing politics over investor finances. And then Governor Newsom won't, you know, allow it to go under because he's got investments in it. And so, you know what? What do you learn from that? You know, you learn human wisdom teaches us that it's all about the money and who you support in Washington, right? As spiritually discerners, we must remember that life is not a battle of good versus evil because we're always going to be confronted with justice and fairness. It's within us. We want what's right. We want the bad person to get justice. But humanly speaking, if that were to occur, then even the consequences for our daily sins, think about that, if we got what we deserved. But biblically, we can understand that because in our wisdom and our understanding that until Christ reigns on the throne, until earth is destroyed, there will be no true justice. And how as a believer do we respond when we are cheated, when it's not fair? But that is the wisdom that is different from unbelievers. That is what is given to us, the discernment and understanding that, guess what? This life is not the end all of life. There's something better to come. And that's what we have to remember because true fulfillment or human happiness only comes from a spiritual understanding of our position before God and our future with God. 
The Holy Spirit reminds us that God is in control, that he will return, and although we may never experience true justice on earth, one day the righteous judge will rule and reign. Man, I hope you're looking forward to that, because someday we will be in heaven. The problem is, while we talk about future things to come, we don't think about the joy of heaven. Because we think of it, oh, you know, I'm just going to be sitting in rocking chairs and what's going to happen in heaven, play a harp. But it's unfathomable. We think, we're just going to sing? I can't even sing now. You know, the last time I sang in church, three people changed religion. You know, what am I going to do in heaven? <laughs> but I want you to understand, there is great joy. There is going to be praise, and it'll be a different mindset. And let me just close with this. Although the Holy Spirit is pictured as a wind, fire, dove. I mean, I looked up on the internet for a kind of some graphics and all I found was fire, dove, wind. He is not a mystical force or a ghost nor an impersonal presence. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God in the believer's life. He encourages us. He teaches us. He guides us and gives us hope when we lose our faith. The Holy Spirit is God and we are thankful to God for the gift that is given to us that is the Holy Spirit personal. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you.